I'm Josh Liston from On The Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom, part of the Gunner Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnerGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to your first 2021 Better Podcasting live chat. I am Stephen. And with me, of course, is SP. Woohoo! It is 2021. This is our first Better Podcasting Live of the new year. And we are excited for a new year of podcasting. You know, it has been a few weeks since we did Better Podcasting Live chat, and I missed it, SP. I truly, truly missed it. This is one of those things that um, I know it's new to us in, in the last year, but it's been a ton of fun to work into the schedule having chats with everybody at geeks.live, working it into the show, talking about their questions, hopefully answering them or giving answers that we think sound authentic, but are actually unfactually true. Unfactually? What are you talking about? (laughs) All right. So if you didn't know this, we have a Discord server. Let me start off by promoting that because there is a Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash discord. And we had a lot of really good podcast related chatter over the last couple of weeks. We're not going to run it all down this episode. Not going to happen. If you want to see what you missed out on, go do that. But I do want to say, SP, my my gear to do list over the holidays just didn't get done. I had great ambitions of rewiring. I had great ambitions of trying new things and it didn't work out. I spent most of the holidays actually tracking packages that were lost in the mail. For those that don't know, the 2020 was a, a very strenuous time for the U.S. Postal Service. And there were a lot of gift packages that didn't make it in time. Mm. And so I was spending an awful lot of time hitting refresh and talking about contingency plans and so on and so forth through the holiday. This didn't end on the 25th. This kept going throughout the entire time. So yeah, I didn't get a lot of uh, podcast stuff done either. Also had family in the house and I don't know about you. I mean, you got the den, you got the nice layout down in the den. I actually have to go out into the house, which is an open house layout to film stuff. And I just, there were people and I don't like people when I'm filming because they're not quiet. You know, it's amazing how, if somebody comes into your space, things change, right? Like, this is with videos. This is with audios. Like you could be doing a podcast for 300 episodes. And then all of a sudden your spouse decides, I'm going to sit down next to you for this recording and you'll be, feel like completely different. I would, I would, I would welcome it and I would act normally and I would try to bring my significant other into it. But, it, you know, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. No, no. no. <laughs> It's not going to happen. I did, though. I don't know if we talked about it. I don't think we've talked about it on any podcast. I did help my older daughter buy a MacBook Air. Oh, yeah. You, and, you, I forgot about that. Yeah, so did I until right now. So, yeah, she wanted to have a home computer. She also wanted to start streaming. She wants to start her own YouTube channel, which I'm completely fine with. We tried to resurrect her old computer, and it would have worked if I hadn't broken the motherboard i tried to replace the motherboard it didn't work so we decided we're just going to trash everything and we're going to start over 
in for Christmas, she asked everybody for Apple gift cards, which is an experience on its own to redeem a bunch of Apple gift cards on Apple.com, buying a laptop in association with maybe another credit card. So we'll leave that discussion for another time. But we did go ahead and bought it. Uh, it is arriving in February. Right now, it's January 12th, 2021. So she's got about a month before it shows up. And yes, it's that long of a lead time. It was a special item. So we didn't just go to Best Buy or, or take what was at the Apple store. It was a MacBook Air with the M1 chip in it. We chose to increase the RAM to 16 gigabytes, even though a lot of people say eight gigabytes is probably enough with the M1 chip. I was like, well, if you're going to be editing 4K video, you're going to want to up that. And then we upped the hard drive. I believe we went with one terabyte. I'm trying to remember if we went with what it was either 500 gigabytes or one terabyte. So we upped that and in a specific color space gray. So you add that all up and it was a special order. So it is being made and then shipped. We have not heard yet back, but she's going to get it. She's going to play around with it. Our co-host on the Gunna Geek Show has one of those MacBook Air M1 chips and he's loving it. And I assume she's going to love it too. But this is a different operating system that she's used to because I just think it's going to have some learning curve to it. But like I said, one of the main things she wants to use it for is video editing for a new YouTube channel. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, you mentioned our co-host Chris Farrell over on the Guinea Geek Show. He did buy one of those over the holidays, and um, he's been editing the last couple podcasts that he's done. Uh, He does the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, and that's a video show as well. And he does little minor edits and and then um, puts out the video and the audio. And he spoke very highly about that M1 chip and longevity of the battery. Apparently, it, it takes very little battery when he's editing. So it sounds really promising. And I uh, think that it's it's good. Whether you like Apple or use Apple or not, I personally think that this is a really good thing to show what can be done with a processor because set the bar high. Set the bar high, Apple, or whoever it is, and then make the industry come up to that bar. And I think it's good for everybody that this sounds like it's a great little... I say little, but like it's a great mobile tool with good horsepower for this sort of stuff. And more importantly, good battery life, because a lot of the stuff that people do for podcasts, audio only, can drain batteries really quick when you're rendering and saving a file. So this is really cool to hear. uh, And I look forward to hearing more of our audience and their experience, because I know that these two people aren't going to be the only ones using using uh, an M1 processor here. Yeah, what's kind of funny is my other daughter started college a year and a half ago or so. Her laptop broke in her first year. So we ended up getting her a MacBook Air out of Best Buy. And it is the 2019 version. So it's the version right before they went to the M1 chip. And... It is the same size as 13 inch. You said little before. These are the little MacBooks. They're not the big 16 inch. They're just the the 13 inch ones. So they are small. And that's what these two girls love about them. It's small. You you and me, it's like a big iPad, basically, or big tablet. But for them, they just, you know, stick it in their purse or or whatever. And they like the accessories. That's the other thing. There's so many accessories. Think of an iPhone and how many accessories go with the iPhone. 
there's that many accessories and more that go with these MacBooks, which at that age, they love the stickers, they love the cases, they love the keyboard protection mats, they, they love that sort of thing. So it just feeds into their need to accessorize everything in their life and to be individuals with the same computer that they all have. But anyway, it, it, it's going to be fun. Uh, the one thing I want to say about the hardware, and we did talk about it, I think Chris has mentioned it on the Get a Geek Show, but the reason they're able to get this phenomenal performance is Apple actually controls the development of everything. So they were able to integrate the RAM, the GPU, and the CPU all in this chip, this singular chip. And it's not just placing the hardware components together. It's also being able to uh, set how they work together, how they interface together, how they pass information back and forth, how they are able to process everything. And they're able to optimize all that rather than having just different components that you're sending information back and forth across your motherboard to. And that is why it's so fast. Everything, all the processing is done in that one chip that's broken out into different things, but it's just one chip and they're able to get it done. I imagine other people will try. I'm not sure if they will succeed or not because other people don't control everything. They don't control the GPU and the CPU and the RAM altogether. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I learned a long time ago not to count out the tech industry from anything. Uh, there is a, sure. a lot of cycle of playing catch up and uh, who's going to have the better thing. So I'm still interested to see where we go in a year or two. But right getting, now, the M1 is the better thing. Yeah. Uh, getting off the tech side of things, um, let's talk a little bit about Google Podcasts. We had something come up in our Discord here from Randy Walker, and I thought it was an interesting thing to talk about because you and I have had this experience on multiple occasions. Randy Walker in our Discord said, found a duplicate feed in Google Podcasts, pointed to our website and our Libsyn files, stopped updating though, and some listeners reached out. Don't know where it came from or how they found it. This is a big problem, and I I like Google with a lot of things, but I am going to say right here and right now, I think that their Google Podcasts approach is a disaster. And I, I say that very, very seriously. I do think that it's a it's a disaster because we have had this happen on multiple occasions with the feeds being found that aren't supposed to be public. And all of a sudden, something changes. I'm pretty sure that what was the main better podcasting feed in Google Podcasts has broken. I just came across this not too long ago, and I haven't done investigation, but it's a very similar situation where it's not using our Libsyn, it's using our one on Google or on the Gunna Geek page or on betterpodcasting.com, one of the two. Now, here's the problem with that. The problem with that is that I have gone in when this first came out and there started to be duplicate feeds. I went and I did the proper webmaster things that Google's supposed to respect, which, which is put the proper code in that says, do not index this. This is not for robots. Don't look at this. As well, I put some redirects in and I also changed the code on the homepage to properly match that of Libsyn. Because if you remember when Google started to make it clear and broadcast that they were indexing RSS feeds, because contrary to what people had you believe they were for a very long time, uh, they, they said, this is the code you should put on the website. And essentially, it was a thing that you put into the header that says, this is where my RSS feed is. I've done that on all of these places. 
I've said this file here that's for anybody wondering it's robots.txt. I've put in the file that said, do not look at these directories. And I've done as much as I can. And I've even, I think I've even put an HT access redirect in as well on both of them, I think. And yet Google still is pulling it. So I don't know. I, I got to look a little more and see what else we can do. But for sure, I've seen this happen with Gunna Geek Show and Better Podcasting, where there has been a, a split of the feed. It's looked like I fixed it. It's been repaired. And then it's broken again. So I, I do genuinely think that Google Podcasts is a disaster right now with this because they also go and send out an email. This happened over the holidays where they say, we need you to verify this this address if you've claimed a podcast. Mm -hmm. And I did nothing to trigger that change. Yet they sent me an email saying they needed something re-verified. So I don't think that their, their um, will find you is really working well. I think that they're, they're too good for that approach because this is not uncommon. People having multiple RSS feeds capturing the same content with the nature of media hosts and people running websites. It's just, just the way that it often works. And the RSS feed is supposed to be something hidden in the background that's making the website all work. And yet we're seeing this sort of thing happen. So I got to get in myself, look at my podcast manager again, see what's there, see what looks inaccurate, go to my websites, see if there's any other redirect I can put. See if there's anything I can do to hide it better. I don't know. I, I got to look and see if there's some other way to block the Google. And I, I'm almost at a loss here. There's a few other things that I want to just, you know, double check and sort of get off, get checked off on my to-do list of can I, can I get Google to look at the right thing? But as it stands, Randy's not alone. Obviously, he's not alone in this because I just give him my story. But I've seen other people have this sort of issue. I, I do think that it's a disaster. I wonder if Google is treating podcasting like streaming TV shows where there's generally only one place. And I know there's exceptions, but there's generally only one place where these TV shows are streaming and they are treating the podcasting the same way. And they're trying to index that one feed and they're just not understanding there's multiple feeds. Yeah, that could be. Could be. Um, could, I'm thinking that also there's some form of consolidation process where they identify same sort of content, but it's not smart enough to really select the select. One. Yeah, it's maybe maybe like it goes and it goes, OK, we found the feed over on Gunna Geek. OK, found the feed on Better Podcasting. OK, found the one on Libsyn. And it, it's not smart enough to, to go and see, OK, these are all pointing to like Gunna Geek Show or GunnaGeek.com and Better Podcasting both have the link to Libsyn. Therefore, Libsyn's the main one, right? Like that sort of thing. So I don't know. Um, and then I'm, I'm concerned about people who also do what I do, which now in thinking about this, I got to go figure out how I can make it private, where they're using a media host just for the file serving, but it's yeah. technically generating an RSS feed on the media host. So I don't hey. know. I'm, I am concerned on that. Yeah, you can you can hide that on some media hosts, but I could I could see that problem. Uh, there's just so much to unpack there. 
I wonder if you could use an ID3 tag within the files themselves and name what RSS feed, unlike on your latest episode, name the RSS feed and, and draws from that, or maybe podcast index tags, which we're not going to talk about tonight. But there could be either an RSS tag or an ID3 tag that could name your preferred RSS feed. So no matter where the feed is being picked up, they know if it's like an episode, if it's an ID3 tag, they know to come to the right one. I don't know. I almost think that there needs to be no automation on their part. It needs to like they need to automatically find it and then there's an approval process. Like it sends an email, an automatic email to the email address on the feed or whatever and say, "Hey, we're uploading this. Confirm or claim this podcast." And it's not it's not in the directory until it's claimed, right? Or something like that. Yeah. I don't I know. Mean- the email is supposed to be in the RSS feed to contact. So yeah. yeah, that should be done. Yeah. So I don't know. I I don't, I gave it its chance at, at this point. I, I don't like it. So I, and you know, to be honest, I've known that it's been broken for a couple of weeks and I've had other things to do and, and it's not good because anybody that was listening to Google podcasts is probably seeing weird, weird things. But on the other hand, I've had it before where it's broken and I've been, and I've looked and everything seemed like it was right. And then it fixed itself. So when I first saw it, part of me went, I'll wait a day and see what happens. And then a day turned into two weeks. <laughs> yeah, as it does when you're podcasting on a weekly basis like we do. Not everybody does, but we do. Hey, we got a question over on our Twitch channel, not in our main chat, which you can find at geeks.live. That's www.geeks.live. Macro RL asks, what are your thoughts on Rosetta 2 and Apple's overall success on their underlying transition layer with the M1 Max? To that, I will say that question, if I spent a little bit of time with it, I could probably understand the question and give you my response, but it's a little bit over my head right now. And I am just going with the surface deep level thoughts on everything. Uh, I hate to say it, but that's where it is. So if you have something specific that you want me to go research and give you my response, I definitely will, especially since I got the... M1 coming for my daughter. Uh, Damien the DM also says hi BP crew. I also almost said BM. Hi, <laughs> hi DP crew. Uh, B- Xandrax BP crew. Yeah. <laughs> hi BP crew. Hi better podcasting crew. Xandrax is talking in our main chat all about Stargate SG1, which I've actually watched a few episodes thanks to my co-host over on Legends of Shield. And Jason Bryant is just chilling with us tonight. If you want to join us every other Tuesday, actually every Tuesday, but every other Tuesday we do the live chat, we answer podcasting questions. And the other week we actually record our main Better Podcasting episode, but you can join us at www.geeks.live. Come into the chat and ask us a podcasting question and Stephen will answer it. (laughs) Okay, all me. Uh, We also had an interesting thing come up on Discord and I want to actually expand on this. I want to take this opportunity to talk a little bit more about it because it, it stems from our better podcasting uh, second to last episode of 2020. We had Newsreel say, is SJ turning into Al from Home Improvement with his drop, chop saw and shed building? Now, why is this being discussed on better podcasting? Well, if you missed that episode, we at the end of each year, we on the main show of better podcasting do a gear arc where I talk about the gear that I've acquired over the past year for better podcasting. 
and the other purchases that I've made for podcasting. And SP does one as well. And during my episode, I had mentioned uh, I tied in my shed to, to it. And there were storage reasons. There was uh, mental fatigue reasons. There was a whole bunch of reasons why that tied in. But the other thing that I, I brought up was the fact that um, I bought a chop. Well, I was gifted, but I was gifted a, a chop saw for the shed project. And I talked about some of the things that I want to do, because if you've never watched our video side of things, I have a backdrop behind me that I made that is is framed from wood. And then there's acrylic diffuser and things like that. But I've also built two um, rack mount units for my podcasting equipment that is rack mount. So I just bought the um, the rack years and then I, I built the stuff out of wood and I, I never got around to staining it or anything. So I just used it as it was. But I, I was saying that I want to try to make some changes this year. And I was thinking about that quite a bit over the Christmas break, about what sort of things I want to do. And I think I want to further enhance the put away factor of my stuff. And what I mean by that is if I'm going to build a rack, I want to build it so that if I use the right cables that I can trust, I can slide my mixer away when I'm not using it. I can kind of like put it underneath some of the equipment a little bit. Um, I want it so that anything that I have that is equipment, even if it's not rack mountable, has a spot. For example, I have multiple DI boxes that are in play in, in the system. Um, and I have some ground loop isolators, which I'll probably spend the money and be able to make them smaller. I'm using some that are large that are using uh, RCA jacks. But I, I kind of want to just work towards when I do that. And it won't be too expensive. Um, wood's gone up a little bit in price, so it might be a little more than I planned. But uh, I, I want to make it so that that's cleaned up a little bit as well. I think I want to make it so that the stuff that I'm not using can just be like, I don't know if, if it'll have a wood door or something like that that I can I can cover because I do have two pieces of equipment that I'm not going to remove from this the system. They're two pieces of Behringer equipment, but I might as well just cover them up, not have to see them all the time. And then, you know, backdrop wise, same idea. I think when I do something, I want to I want to consider the put away factor. Yeah, I could see, especially since you're in a multi-use office and you've been working at home for a while, I could yeah. see wanting to completely transition the space between podcasting and other. Matter of fact, we did an episode this past year on your podcasting space and if you're planning to use it for multiple purposes, you know, some of the things that you should look for. I don't think we specifically talked about put away, like permanently creating a put away space, but we did talk about putting away stuff. Like if you're hauling your stuff out and putting it away, uh, I, I think you just want to kind of, I, I want to say the old style secretariats, like with the roll top on the desk, like you could, do you know what I'm talking about? The, no. the roll top desk. No. So there, there, there are desks that, you know, farmers or, or whoever in their home that they had, but it had a roll top cover. So it was wood. And then yeah. you could just pull, pull the, the top down. And all of a sudden all your office mess, this mm -hmm. is before computers, your office mess goes away. That's kind of the look that you're going for is just stuff that you can put into its own hutches or its own corners and just put it away and not have to look at the sea of cables around you and exactly the, the fact that your microphone's out because it's time to work. It's not time to podcast. 
Yeah. And then when it's time to podcast, you're like, I don't want to think about work. I want to podcast. I want to have fun. So yeah, I get it. Uh, and also I want to highlight that, um, no, I am not like Al from Home Improvement. I would be like Tim, where I think I know what I'm doing, but I don't. So that that's what I am. More power. <laughs> arr, 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 arr. Uh, let's talk a little bit about production because we had original waffles in our uh, Discord say, is three episodes in three days normal production? Randy said, depends on your podcast. Original waffles said, not for me, at least not usually, but I did anyways. Okay, so it sounds like he had something come up like we did at the end of December where we decided we were going to pack in a few episodes together. This is good. It can be a real self like you can really feel accomplished by doing this a good sense of self-accomplishment but also if you don't give yourself the adequate catch-up it can be a recipe for disaster if you kind of are just you know um what do they say not running on water a tread running in place i don't know what some so think of an analogy yeah. that fits this <laughs> right um i i will tell you sincerely what my problem is at the end of the year. I mean, it's great that we stack episodes on better podcasting and going to geek to get our audience through. And generally the extra episode that we do on going to geek is, is like a fun end of the year episode, but it means a lot of pre-planning and a lot of post-production work that Steven has to do. And on better podcasting, we're doing our gear uh, episodes, which believe it or not is a lot of prep for each of us. So. It ends up being almost more trouble than it's worth, in my opinion, because you're really packed with holiday scheduled stuff, which is on top of your normal scheduled life. And then you're throwing in extra podcasting on top of it. That last week, I know, Stephen, what did you do? Six episodes in seven days or something like that? I did I less did, than you. <laughs> I did one more than you. I know, well, actually two more than you given the same time period, but I did one more than you in that last week. That was crazy. That it was because we did two on Good a Geek on Monday. We did a uh, singular better podcasting on live Tuesday. Chat. We did, yeah, yeah with live chat, the, the, the last time we did this show. And we did two better podcasting main shows, our gear episodes on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I did a Legends of Shield. Right. So I had six i believe and you had five if you count the previous thursday i had seven and it it just gets to be too much and and from that perspective i see where original waffles is coming from if you're not used to stacking that production into your normal life it can be too much i think i made the reference uh once or twice that i there was one time in my podcasting career, about when this show started in 2015, that I was doing six or seven shows a week. That was insane. I don't recommend it for any podcaster, let alone a hobby podcaster. But if you're only doing one show a week and then you cram in three, like maybe you have a special event and maybe you want to stack an additional podcast on top of that. So because the holidays and you get three in that one week, that can be a bit much. It can be a lot. So kudos on you. I would say Make sure that you have enough prep time and post time afterwards to uh, fit your schedule and make sure that you're taking the time that you need outside of the podcasting, either with work or your family or both that you need to get done. And there's extra stuff that happens that time of year with everything. So it's, it just, it's a busy time of the year. 
I was close. I said running water. Damien said, I believe the term is treading water. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, audience he, is always there to make me better. <laughs> yeah. Macro RL over on Twitch said, hmm, I guess a better question would be, why do you think Apple was able to make the transition to their own silicon before others like Microsoft, for example, a company which has attempted arm in the past with Windows RT back in 2011. I think that's just because they bought everything and were was able to integrate everything just in uh, the one development shop that they have. Uh, the follow-on was, would you contribute it to Apple's experience with their own silicon and iOS, iPad, OS devices? Pro that's probably what got them ready for it. But uh, the fact that they bought all the pieces and they were able to integrate it is probably what happened. And I think it's going to be big for podcasting eventually, it, especially video podcasting like we do. I, I just think... It, it, whatever you want to call it, YouTubing, podcasting, <laughs> streaming, whatever you want to call it. I think it'll be big because it'll enable a lot of stuff. Like right now, a lot of people are processing processor limited and bandwidth limited. Yeah. This will take away that process limiting, limiting factor, I, I believe, in, in video streaming. For now, wait, wait for things to evolve. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you start streaming 4k or 8k i guess 8k is the next big hurdle right yeah. start streaming 8k that that's uh, gonna be bad and you know what that, that is that is fair um i've seen a couple of reviews now where people have done some benchmarks and there there seems to be a very clear limit where all of a sudden traditional technology gets better like like traditional process intel side of thing well i'll say intel but amd sort of thing, intel amd that sort of thing um does get a little bit better and i think it is up in in that resolution i i'd have to look up the videos i was re watching a whole bunch of, of videos over christmas about it and that came up a couple of them where people did find some benchmarks of that clear um ceiling uh you I'm were thinking, talking about oh sorry go ahead i sorry i was thinking in terms of how much time i have left to podcast and and i'm just throwing this rough number out it, it might be something shorter it might be something longer who knows but let's just say it's 15 years so 15 years from now it'll be 2035 ish and i'm just thinking of how the computers have evolved in the last 25 years and definitely the last 15 years basically podcasting is 15 years old think of where it's going to be 15 years from now from when podcasting started and that's where i'm going to end theoretically my my streaming podcasting career it might be sooner or later but wow 15 years from now the stuff that's going to be done with it we're going to look back on our on our 2020 podcasting and we're just going to be like yeah remember when we did that we can do that on our watches now i'll go as far as to say that i think that um things will get a lot more narrow with the process of podcasting be, be and and simpler as as such and so i think that you'll find from a technical side of things a lot of, you know how we often help people with setting up things and explaining mm -hmm. the process of posting and things like that i think that we're not terribly far off before we start to see many solutions that are the almost self-explanatory like you you look at any recent I'll, I'll use apple apple app that they developed and they put on an iphone they're intu intuitive. People figure them out, whether they've, you know, like it's an editing function or something that they put on there. People might not have experience, but they figure it out, that sort of thing. And I think that podcasting will get to that point where all of that technical stuff will be taken care of um, in a lot simpler manner. I, I, okay, I'll go with that because 
right now, I, I know it's a little bit different, but the like the 4K cameras you have on your cell phone, like you have a Pixel, I have an iPhone. The 4K cameras in the in the cell phones are almost as good as a big mirror camera. I know, I know there's right. differences in, yeah. in lenses and stuff like that, but you can get the same effect, especially for streaming out of a front facing camera now than you can a, a big 4K uh, actual camera. And I think microphones are eventually headed that way. I think we're going to get to the point where microphones are going to be able to replicate uh, accurate voice uh, information. Whereas right now it's kind of tonal <laughs> and you know, it's not really great. Even the earbud stuff is not great. And, and we are both using big broadcast, large diameter microphones. But if you can miniaturize that technology, be able to represent a full reflection of the voice frequency and depth and do that in a, a cell phone size. And then everything that goes along with it, like you were saying, the processing and, and the uh, editing functions and stuff like that. Uh, there's a lot of verbal uh, editing out there right now that's possible. I, I think, yeah, 15 years from now, it'll be there. But right now, we're just living in the day. You talked about microphones and portable audio there for a little bit. Can I, can I just quickly say right now that I think people think that Apple AirPod Pros sound better with the mic than they really are it like you see this on on mainstream media and things like that a lot of them are are comfortable with the audio that's coming from that i've also seen that in um my day job as well with people you know doing presenting and things like that with that and the and sort of the norm of people thinking that they sound really good and to be honest i think that um they don't sound very good. I think I think that they sound quite distorted. And in some cases, I actually think that people's webcam and laptop microphones sound better than the audio they're getting from their earbuds. So I I, I know that we are seeing an evolution with that. And I think we might eventually, but I don't know. I struggle with how good can you make a microphone that's coming behind your mouth to pick up your mouth noise, right? Like your voice. <laughs> that's what and i just refer to my voice is your mouth noise <laughs> <laughs> the mouth clicks yeah we were talking about that before we went live mouth clicking one of the things that i've been noticing lately and i, I wanted to talk about it in terms of pet peeve but we'll just talk about it in terms of technology here is that i've been watching it's no secret that i watch a lot of sailing youtube channels i also watch some car youtube channels or true crime youtube channels uh, and it's a live streaming environment and a lot of them are prioritizing video or just able to do video and audio is secondary. And I was watching one of them and it was the stereotypical, we call it stereotypical in podcasting. It was a stereotypical two people. It was a husband and wife and one microphone and the one microphone was a condenser microphone. And she was sitting far away from the microphone. He was closer but it wasn't going through any sort of processing. So it was like a raw audio. And in my opinion, it could have just been the webcam or the, the computer microphone that was picking up the sound. It sounded horrible. It was a lot of clipping. Uh, the, um, it, it wasn't normalized at all. You had a lot of low spots. And then when you turned up the volume for the low spots, all of a sudden they start shouting. And it's like, oh, do you know, you're hurting my ears. And you literally hurt my ears at that point, by the way. And, and so I get a little frustrated, but I'm like, well, 
their audience doesn't seem to care. Their audience just cares that they're talking to them and they're giving them money through super chats, which I think is ridiculous because that's the only reason a lot of these people do live streams is for the super chats. And for those that don't know what I'm talking about, the super chats are where you can give these channels money. Uh, and, and some of them, it's their livelihood. So that's how they they do. But you can tell when they're running low on funds, all of a sudden they do a lot of live streams back to back. So they get a lot of these these super chats. So that was one. And I was watching another. It was a sailing YouTube channel. It was a husband and wife. And they ran into a situation where they're in the process of buying a new boat. And so they were talking about that process. They weren't on their boat. Their boat's in Panama. They, they're in the United States looking at boats. And uh, they were live streaming. And they were using shotgun microphones. And they were pointed. They had two shotgun microphones. They had one pointed at one person. And it was behind the scenes. I, I contacted them later. It's like, how did you do your good audio? Because it sounds so good. But yet, I, I just want to make sure it's not coming through your webcam or something. And I'm a patron of this one. So they talk back to me from time to time when I ask these questions. So it was two video mics that were, you know, shotgun microphones. And they were doing it that way. Um, it's not earbuds. And I was watching a third one with earbuds. It is very clear. The live stream with just the cell phone camera or the earbuds really irks me uh, because not only do you have bad audio, but you have bad video too, because they're running it through some substandard Wi-Fi or uh, cellular stuff. It just goes to show you, and I'm not the only one commenting. Yes, I'm better podcasting. Yes, I, I do this for, for a hobby, get better audio, get better video. And, and we do that this way, but these people are YouTube channels in a lot of cases, it's their livelihood. And yet they give this, in my opinion, crap out. And <laughs> it just bugs me. And other yeah. people are commenting on it too. Uh, so yes, uh, I think people think they sound better than they really do. And if they leave those videos up for a long period of time, I know they get more and more downvotes because the audio just sucks and it, and the timeliness goes away on it. 100%. Um, I, I won't say the exact channel, but there's actually um, a guy that I follow that talks a lot of networking stuff, and uh, he often does a weekend stream, and uh, I was really, really liking it. It was one of my favorite things to do is wake up. Before I started editing Better Podcasting on a Saturday, I would wake up, and he starts really early my time, so I, I would watch it. And it was cool because I saw he was improved, like watching his evolution where all of a sudden he got himself a, a Rodecaster Pro he talked about. He got himself a Rode Pod mic and it's like, cool, you're sounding great. And then in recent, he's just like all of a sudden back to like, you know, he's not using that anymore. It's distant audio. It's earbuds or whatever. Right. And it's it's almost so distracting to me because now there's a lot of noise that's being picked up because he does a lot of product show as well. So he's often grabbing things. And that was the great thing about the microphone was it was cutting out a lot of that as he was grabbing them and, you know, mm. showing them and things like that. But now you've got all this distracting distraction. So, I, you know, it, it's funny how as something evolves, if it goes the wrong direction, sometimes it can take the listener out of it or viewer in this case. Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to quickly mention here, uh, we use OBS Nin Ninja for the video of this. We've talked about it before. OBS Ninja is a pet project that someone made for connecting uh, videos, basically a way to get video streams and things like that. And over the holiday break, I noticed that the person that's behind this, which again is an individual, uh, did a lot of changes to OBS Ninja. I saw a big change um, when we started... 
I guess it was um, last week with Gunna Geek Show. I saw a change, mm-hmm. and then yeah. and then on the Tuesday when we did better podcasting, it was a whole other facelift, and it's nice because uh, he's he, Steve who makes this. He started to um, recognize that people like GUIs, and so some of the things, the controls that used to have to go and manually enter, there's now little sliders that you can you can enable and things like that, and so I think that. Um, He's made really good progress with it. Obviously, again, it's a pet project. You got to have all those caveats and things like that. But uh, I've been really impressed with the changes he's been making. And I have noticed that his uh, GitHub sponsors do seem to be increasing. So (laughs) I suspect that, you know, you get a little more revenue in. It becomes a little bit more motivation to to make that your weekend activity. Well, he is, uh, he is a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, he is a uh, consultant, basically. He, he's not, I don't think he's on contract for anybody or he does a lot of consulting work. So I would imagine that it, if it broached to a certain point where he got enough money that he could take away some of his other consulting gigs or his, I, I guess, gigs in general is what he does, right? And that uh, he could go ahead and spend some more time developing or it could have just been that time of year where there just wasn't that many gigs for him to do. And, and so he was able to look into this, but I've enjoyed it so far. Uh, I've noticed on my end, different changes. Uh, there was one difficulty, whereas before it was a little bit more intuitive to change from like the, the singular look to the multiple look. It's like right now I could have two looks. I could look at myself of what I'm projecting and mm. then I could look at what you're sending back to me, which is what we're sending to our audience, which is the two of us right now, the split screen, but it, it's whatever you're projecting. So I can see both of that. And then going to geek, I can see that look, your streaming look, my look, and then Chris, I can see Chris on a third panel. So if ever you go away from Chris and I want to see what Chris is doing, I could do that. Anyway, the way to toggle back and forth from that has changed a little bit and it's, it's just not inclu- intuitive. If you hover over the little GUI button, it does tell you what it does. Like in this case, I'm hovering over the GUI button. That's our split screen right now. And it says enlarge video, increase its clarity. So I I hit that. Uh, If I wanted to go back, I I would go to that same GUI in the top right-hand corner. I don't even know what it says. It's too small on the screen I have, but it says show all active videos together. So I can toggle that way. Now I can't toggle like one of them off and like two of it, like I'm going to geek. I can't have two of them on and one of them off. It's either one or three, but anyway, that it's a small little pet peeve and the functionality is still the same. Uh, there's also a information button that didn't used to be there before a show help info and then a language options button in the bottom right-hand corner that didn't used to be there. So there's some increases on my end that, uh, don't really affect me, but there's some that do. And then also one thing that Chris and I were commenting on last night on Giddy Geek, the microphone, which is on the, the bottom toolbar, the microphone icon will turn green when I am talking. And on Chris's screen, it turns green when he is talking, but it doesn't turn green on my screen. So when I'm talking, I don't know if Steven sees that or not on his end. So you do see that. I do. So, yes. so when I'm talking, your microphone is not green. And when you're talking, my microphone's not green that, that I'm showing. So I, I don't know what kind of functionality that really gives other than it proves that it's actually picking up sound from yeah. my side. 
Yeah, I, I think it's just little visual enhancements because there's been a lot of good functionality. But uh, I said that early on when we did our review that there was a lot of um, GUI, like the GUI, the, the actual visual interaction of the tool really was lacking. So I think this has been a good focus for him. And uh, uh, from a nerdy techie perspective, I got to say, there's all sorts of options that are very clearly available now. Mm -hmm. uh, you wanted to mention something about planning for 2021, didn't you? I did. So this is early in 2021. It's a good time if you haven't done so already to try to plan out your year, your year and your ear, of course, too. But your year of the big things that are coming up so that you can schedule your podcasting around it. Or if there are big items with podcasting that you can ramp up to them. Uh, I have several vacations that are coming up. My sister is having a big birthday, uh, a 40th birthday in June and providing the whole pandemic doesn't keep us from going. I've got that going on. Uh, of course, there's the 4th of July, which I would love to have a normal 4th of July, or you call it the 1st of July, Canada Day, I believe you call it up in Canada. We call it About Canada this, Day, yeah. Yeah, but it's the 1st of July every yeah. year, right? So, so you have that. Um, in September, I took two weeks off in September this past year, and I was liking that. I was liking that a lot. It was a great time to take off. I was able to actually do a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do without all the, the summer heat and the bugs and stuff like that. So I might do that again this year. I, I have, I guess, a big announcement to make. I don't think I've made this publicly anywhere. So you've heard it here first on Better Podcasting Live. My daughter is getting married in October, which means, and, and we do have a date now. I'll give uh, her a so, bell. Yeah, there you go. It'll be October 23rd. So you might see me a little scantily in the week before and the week afterwards on podcasting. And of course, the holidays when they come up later in the year, in addition to all of that, I might have a reunion, a, a big reunion that I got pushed from last year that I want to go to. And that would be in October. So I start looking at this on a calendar and, and as looking at each individual event, it's not much, but then you start stacking them up throughout the year. And even though I have nothing until June, I noticed the last half of my year is really getting crowded really fast. And I've not spoken at all about this to Steve, but while well, he's kind of known the, the bigger things, but I haven't spoken to him about the schedule yet, but just looking at it, I was just looking at it before we went live and I was like, you know, I, we really should start planning this out, especially for better podcasting because it's just the two of us. And these are things that you want to start planning for your podcast. It doesn't matter if you're solo, if you have a co-host, maybe you have guests that come on, so you have to schedule them. And you want to stack episodes for when you are going to be on vacation, that sort of thing. And, and some people didn't take any vacation in 2020, so they were able to roll that over into 2021. Some people lost their jobs in 2020, so they won't have as much vacation in 2021 if they get a new job. Uh, so there, there's all sorts of considerations to make for 2021. But now would be the time, if you haven't planned your year out already, I would say by the, the we have a long weekend in January every year. I would say if you haven't planned your year out by the long weekend, you should get that done. And I think on that note, also people should consider uh, the family variables that you might be feeling in the summer. Because I don't know about for sure in the States, but in Canada, and I, th I think it's similar, it's looking like we're going to have another summer overall of um, not a lot to do. And a lot of the things that a couple of years ago that, you know, you might still like, for example, 
before, it'd be a couple of years ago, you know, during summertime when I'm working, a lot of times, you know, my mom would still be, would take the kids for a while and whatnot. And, and it looks like up in Canada, we're probably going to be a while till the general public can get their COVID vaccinations and things like that. So as Start such, to get herd immunity. Exactly. Yeah. As such, I probably still won't have that sort of experience or that opportunity um, with the kids in the summers. So therefore, um, I will probably have a lot more time that I have to be mentally exhausted from uh, mm. from, from, maybe, from that maybe have to stuff. build another shed. In <laughs> yeah, other exactly. Words. Yeah. So I think that you know people should also consider a little bit of that variable as well as you're going through because we've mentioned it a few times on this show and the Better Podcasting main show is that um, we found last year halfway through things really really felt heavy for pop for you know as doing this as they a did. hobby. Yeah, it was yeah. really hard in some senses to keep the hobby going. So I think just kind of consider that as well as a possibility. I think it's better to plan that you're going to have mental fatigue halfway through the year and turns out you're great. Keep going. Then not plan for that mental fatigue and end up uh, burning yourself out. So, Yeah. And if you're used to going to convention, maybe going to conventions used to really, or, or you know, San Diego Comic-Con podcasting convention, I don't whatever group event you're talking, the, the Airstream gathering, uh, what's the ham, the ham radio convention, you know, and anything like that, that you're used to going and connecting with like-minded people, relaxing, that sort of thing. It may or may not happen this year. So make sure you're making alternative plans along the way uh, of stuff that you can do. I know a lot of people in 2020 took the um, opportunity to rent an RV for their family. Like say you have a family, rent an RV and and, and uh, see the country that way. If you're uh, young and, and, and single, you know, maybe you want to go backpacking or something like that, attending somewhere to, to uh, self-isolate because you're right. Uh, the vaccine rollout here in the United States is not working as well as it should be. Uh, and I don't know how long that's going to persist. It could just rapidly change in a couple of months. I, d- I don't know, but you can't plan on that sort of thing. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, plan, plan for the worst, plan for that mental fatigue out there. And I guess that would be around the, uh, Canada Day, the 1st of <laughs> July. That's what we'll start. We'll call that week the 1st of July from now on. That's a combination of the 4th of July from the United States and Canada Day. Like and it. in no means I'm, am I trying to disparage either country. I'm just saying that they're two big holidays for two countries that smack up against each other in the same week. So I like it's it. called the 1st of July. Yeah, I like it. Uh, also, by the way, uh, you mentioned as you were talking about that, how you are going to be scantily around podcasting during all that time and we might see you scantily uh, i want to say that every night i see you scantily clad in my mind hey hey let's not go there don't know what you're talking about mm. yeah <laughs> you, you, what do you mean you just said it <laughs> uh also uh there was actually speaking of streaming services there was a change uh hopin.com announced oh, that yeah. they had they here what they say uh welcome Streamyard. Uh, as we begin the year, I'm more than thrilled to announce that Hopin has acquired video streaming platform StreamYard. I know a lot of people use StreamYard, and so I thought that uh, it'd be worth mentioning here today because uh, we did have some people on our Discord talking about it. Don't know what sort of changes that could be. Uh, StreamYard did pick up very quick, but what I found really interesting in here was um, 
this part here, both Hoffman and StreamYard grew exponentially in 2020. StreamYard's story is fascinating. Two engineers grew a software company to $12 million all on their own. In 2020, they uh, built out their team to 19, and that number expanded to 30 million. That's a lot. A lot of money for StreamYard. It is. And 2020 not only saw a lot of work from home issues, but they saw a plethora of people starting shows, whether they're podcasts or YouTube streams, Twitch streams. We'll just call them shows for the lack of a better term. And, and I, I think professional say- shows, I, I think as co- like people were starting to do these shows from home and stuff, there's a couple times that I went, oh, I think that's StreamYard. I think that's oh, StreamYard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen that professionally, too. But by far and large, I will say that StreamYard, whether you're using the f- free platform, which I do, or whether you're paying for it, it is the easiest way to get a stream out to sure. one location, wherever that one location is, whether it's Twitch or YouTube or, or whatever. Maybe you're just recording it, right? So StreamYard does that. But it's by far the easiest way to do it. I do it because it's cheap on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I actually <laughs> I meant to talk to you about this. I, I was thinking about paying for something, but... With everything I have to pay for this year, I, I might just let it slide for a few more months if I can and and make the transition to a paid platform a little bit later. But I think the free version works just fine for a show like Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. There's no need for me to go and pay for anything on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's for fun and for the amount of people that we have both involved in it and live audience, StreamYard just works great. So I'm, I'm fine with StreamYard. I'm happy to see that they're basically teaming up. I know they were bought out, but teaming up with, with another uh, factor out there that, that might stabilize them. But yeah, I, I hope that they don't move away from the capability that hobbyists are able to use, but it could happen, right? That's, that's why we do this show is to inform people that, hey, changes are coming and the stream yard you know and love today might not be the stream yard that's available at the end of the year. And the last thing that I would think we should talk about right now is Damien, the DM. He's a regular over in our, our Gunna Geek Discord. He is part of the Gunna Geek Network. Uh, he did put us to shame. He said, he so, did. by the way, I did buy my own ZDM one without waiting for a word from the guys on how they felt about it. Preliminary testing. I'm very happy with it. It seems to be a little gain hungry, even for the L12 but it also feels like it does reject off-axis noise better than my blue Encores 100. I can't do the real testing I want on how it works with my group until we can record again in person, but I already have plans to buy another. My birthday is coming up too, so if I get more cash, I'm just going to start going for it. So anyone in the market for like five Encore 100s in a few months? So he's making the transition, which is which is good. And one of the things that I suspect is beneficial over the Encore 100 is being, although it sounds like um, you got to be more on the microphone, and I haven't had a couple conversations with him, and you got to be more in front of it. The thing is, with any of these sort of microphones, whether it's that or the pod mic or anything in that sort of category, my experience with these type of microphones is you can get away from it a little bit. So you got to be in front of it a bit more, but with a handheld microphone like the Encore 100, you almost got to have your lips right on it. With these other microphones, you can pull them back a little bit, which can be beneficial for some people because you're just trying to train somebody to get in front of the microphone rather than get in front of it and on top of it. 
So I, I think that um, that does offer a little bit of benefit as well. Uh, I still have not tried mine. Got it soon. Got it soon. <laughs> yeah. Between, so it's cheaper than the Rode Pod mic by about 20 bucks. And that's great. If you're trying to save some cash, get the ZDM one. And if it works for you, go for it. I'm sensing the Rode Pod mic might be a, a, a better result in the end, but you're paying 20 bucks more. And then you, multiply in his case you multiply that 20 bucks times five or six and that adds up that's you know over a hundred dollars for six of them plus tax so if you gotta save the money save the money like if, if you're gonna get the zdm ones get these zdm ones and something that we've always said but it's underlying these microphones don't last forever no they they do even the ones that we're using that, that you know the the high-end broadcast microphones that you and i have eventually the foam starts breaking down, the, the contacts, the wiring starts getting fragile in them. And yes, you can rebuild them, but it might make more sense just to get a brand new one eventually. So you have, have to constantly think about what is my upgrade cycle or what is my replacement cycle with this gear. And for him to be upgrading the way he has from, I, I forget what it was, maybe it was the uh, uh, Behringer XM 1800s to the Encore 100s to the zdm1 i think that's a good upgrade path that he's on especially for his show for those that don't know he does a role play game which unfortunately he hasn't been able to record because it's, it's yeah. with five or six people in the same room right uh so uh, because of covid it's just not possible for most of the last year but in order to to do that you need good microphones and you need that noise rejection so that you can get most of the sound out of the microphone that they're speaking in and then reduce that sound in the microphone that they're not speaking in. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that's a great path forward. I do look forward to you and I actually using the ZDM ones because we'll probably do it on a better podcasting in the future. And as well as do the comparison with the pod mic because it's the same class and, and price point of the microphone. So I, I look forward to that. But uh, congratulations, Damien, for beating both of us to the punch. On yes. That. And the last, I know I said last thing, but this is the last thing we're going to mention, which if you didn't catch the pre-roll from last week's Better Podcasting Main Show, welcome back to Josh Liston and On The Bubble Podcast to the Gunna Geek Network. He has rebooted that podcast. He's brought it back. And it is my pleasure to have him back on the network. As soon as I started to chat with him a while ago about him bringing this back, I was so excited that he was still interested in the network. Uh, I had the honor of being on, he's calling it season one of On the Bubble podcast, and uh, it was fun. It's uh, one of my most fun guest appearances that I've I've had on another podcast. I think you were the second best guest on that season. Y yeah, you know what? Uh, he did have some other good guests, and then you were right below me. So Right, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> By the way, Damien's in the chat and he corrected me. It wasn't the Behringer XM 1800. It was the Knox podcast microphone, which is not available anymore, but it was a great find for 40 bucks at the time. It's a USB XLR combo microphone, just like the Samsung QTU. You can't find it anymore. Matter of fact, if Damien wants to sell that because they're collector's item, he could actually fund himself some RE20s to replace those microphones. Well, since the company doesn't exist anymore, I propose that we just start making the industry, because nobody's going to correct us, start calling it the Canucks. The Canucks. The Canucks. Okay, <laughs> that's that's fine, even though the uh, 
the Vancouver Canucks is obviously what you're trying to uh, knock at there. Someone got that reference, but that's going to go ahead and wrap us up. If you haven't had a chance to check out the Discord server, we'd love to have you over at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Lots of great content happening over there. So for episode number 24 of Better Podcasting Live Chat, I'm Stephen John Drew saying I totally hit my mute button a second ago. So I'm holding it down right now or else it's going to mute myself. And I'm SP saying it's great to be back in 2021. We look for your questions next time. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.